Are you ready, Ma? I'm ready, Erin. Let's go. Let's go to fictional place, Amity Island, Massachusetts. It may be fictional, but it's the beach. It's the beach, and it's it's a real place. It was on Cape Cod that it was filmed. <clears throat> Martha's Vineyard, right? Martha's Vineyard. I think it was the first film filmed at Martha's Vineyard. Is that a possibility? It's possible. Tell the people what it is. Well, I'm going to read you a little, um, not biopsy. I almost said biopsy. Synopsis. (laughs) Oh, this is, ladies and gentlemen, hold on, though. This is Gone with the Bushes After Dark. After Dark Edition. After Dark. The Quiet Storm. (laughs) And so... Yes. Okay. When a young woman is killed by a killer shark near the tourist town of Amity Island, the police chief wants to close the beaches, but the mayor overrules him, fearing the loss of tourist revenue will cripple the town. 1975's Jaws. Jaws. It is Shark Week. It is. <laughs> and there is a hammerhead in our monitor at this time. Okay, the particulars, my precious. All right. Oh, BTW, TD will be joining us shortly. Yes. The particulars. So Jaws, it was released June 20th, 1975. Just when everybody's getting ready to go to the beach. Yes. Produced by Richard D. Zanuck. He is the son of Daryl F. Zanuck. And he helped start the careers of Steven Spielberg and Tim Burton. He also produced The Verdict, Cocoon, Driving Miss Daisy, Mulholland Drive, and Big Fish. He was also uncredited producer on Tora Tora Tora, The Sound of Music, and The Sting. And David Brown, who also produced The Verdict, Cocoon, Driving Miss Daisy, A Few Good Men, and Chocolat, to name a few. I liked Chocolat. I never saw Chocolat. Yeah, even though it had Johnny Depp in it, I still liked it. Directed by Steven Spielberg. This was his third film. After he did the TV movie Duel and Sugarland Express, then he did Jaws, followed that up with Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Raiders of the Lost Ark, E.T., The Color Purple, Jurassic Park, Schindler's List, Saving Private Ryan, Ready Player One, and the upcoming, eventually, whoever knows, West Side Story. Just to name. There's going to be a remake of West Side Story. Yeah, they're filming West Side Story, or they were filming it. This I did not know. And a bunch of other movies that he's done. Nerd Alert. He was born in Cincinnati, Ohio. I believe he was probably born in the same hospital where I was born, unless he was born at home. Well, there you have it. Because wow. I was born in Jewish hospital. You were? Yes. Wow. My doctor was Jewish. What? Shalom. Shalom. That's great. It That's was cool. very good. 
His name was Dr. Greenabaum. Nice. Green tree. Green tree. Green tree. Had really good lollipops. But the thing with the lollipops at this doctor's office, there was a root beer one. Have you ever had a root beer That's lollipop? That's my favorite, the Dum Dum root beer flavor lollipop. There was no Dum Dum, though. This had a string that formed a loop at the bottom, and both ends of the string went into the... The lollipop. I've lollipop. seen those. But, but it's a flimsy... It, like, it's not a stick that... Like, it was a flimsy. Well, you would, I think you would, like, put it through your finger. I don't think I ever figured that out. It was like, but it's still a very flimsy ring. It's it, a very it, flimsy thing, yeah. It just... Uh, it, I, it worked in the 50s, not something you want during COVIDness. I'm just going to say that in my childhood, in my youth, I would come across those lollipops with the, the rope string and huh. I always felt they were a little cheap and subpar. I never well, had a root beer flavored one though. I gotta say, the it it tasted just like real root beer. That's what I feel the dum dums are. Yeah, but that string that just made no sense. Okay, so moving on, Doctor Greenabaum. The reason I'm still here, folks. <laughs> I, I think it's the reason you're here. Well, but then I had my tonsils out and I started bleeding internally, but they, nobody knew. And I was on my way home from the hospital and they had to rush me in and people had to stick their hands down my throat while I was still awake to, to stop the bleeding. I, I almost uh, bit the dust back then. Oh man. And as we've already discussed previously, you have a freakishly small mouth. So yeah. How were they yeah. able to, wow. Lots of fists, lots of fists were down that. that down. Oh man. This is it. It's gone with the bushes after hours. <laughs> I knew it as soon as I said it, that was the wrong thing to say. We, we, we made it just over five minutes before we mentioned fisting. So, again, I say probably Stephen and I, born in the same hospital, probably a decade apart or two. I mean. Yeah, yeah I probably like closer than you think. Now I want to look up the year that he was born. Well, you have particulars to do. I know. I All right. You look it up. Before. Okay. Um, screenplay by Peter Benchley and Carl Gottlieb. It is based on Stephen Botchley's 19, Benchley's 1974 novel, Jaws. He also wrote The Deep, The Island, and Beast. And Carl Gottlieb, nerd alert, he, he was actually, an, he's a comedy writer and actor, and he was hired to play the newspaper editor, Harry Meadows. And Steven Spielberg was his friend and hired him to do a rewrite of the script. And as a comedy writer, he worked okay. Sorry. I'm sorry, but I'm sorry, but Steven Spielberg is older than I am. Yeah, that's what I thought. That I was did born it. in the forties. Forty six. Yeah. Dang. Wow, I feel wow, I feel so young. So you were born in the same hospital as as he was already born and then you came in six years later look at that i came along go ahead aaron with your particulars um 
Well, talking about Carl Gottlieb, he was a comedy writer, wrote on The Smothers Brothers, All in the Family, and The Odd Couple. And as an actor, he was in MASH, The Long Goodbye, Cannonball, The Jerk, and Clueless. The music huh. is a by... None other than... I mean, the one and only John Williams. John Williams. Who also did Valley of the Dolls, The Poseidon Adventure, Family Plot, Star Wars, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Superman, E.T., Home Alone, JFK, Jurassic Park, the first three Harry Potter films, Kobe Bryant's R.I.P., Dear Basketball, the Olympics theme that... Uh, da, da, da. Yeah, see, that's why I started it. I was like... No. That's a part of it. Which we would have heard. If it weren't for COVID. Also, the Today Show theme and the NBC Nightly News theme. To name just a few. Right. National Treasure, John Williams. The director of photography is Bill Butler. He was second unit on Deliverance and The Godfather. Then listen to this three string of movies he did. The Conversation, Jaws, and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Damn. I mean, (laughs) okay. I guess he's okay. He also shot Grease, Frailty, and Child's Play, just to name a few others. Hmm. Nerd alert, though, the camera operator on this is Michael Chapman, who also shot Taxi Driver, The Last Waltz, Raging Bull, Michael Jackson's Bad, The Fugitive, and Space Jam, to name a few. Wow. Yeah. When I saw his name, I was like, Michael Chapman was a camera operator? Damn. Edited by Verna Fields, a.k.a. Mother Cutter. I like that because she's an editor. So she's the cutter and she was like a mother to them. And so she was called Mother Cutter. Well, she also edited What's Up Doc and Paper Moon, American Graffiti by George Lucas and Steven Spielberg's first film, Sugarland Express. And Nerd Alert, within a year of Jaws coming out, she became the vice president for feature productions at Universal Studios, which was super rare. And there's more on her coming up in Nerd Alerts. Excellent. The cast, Roy Scheider as Chief Brody. He was also in Clute, The French Connection, Marathon Man, Sequest DSV. That's where I know him from. Robert Shaw as Quint. Remember, he was in The Sting. A Man for All Seasons and the Taking of Pelham 123. Richard Dreyfus. He was Matt Hooper. He was in American Graffiti, Stand By Me, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Down and Out in Beverly Hills, The Goodbye Girl, Stakeout, What About Bob, Mr. Holland's Opus. When I was a kid, Richard Dreyfus was a huge star. Yes, yes. Uh, Murray Hamilton played the mayor. He was in Anatomy of a Murder, The Hustler, The Graduate, The Way We Were, and The Amityville Horror. Jeffrey Kramer, he played Deputy Hendricks. He is most famous for his producing. He produced the television series 
The Practice, Ally McBeal and Chicago Hope. Okay. Lee Furio, she played Mrs. Kinter. She was a theatrically trained actress. She was also in Jaws and Jaws Revenge. She lived on Martha's Vineyard for many, many years and was the artistic director of Island Theater Workshop. And in the Hmm. mid-2017-ish, she moved to an assisted living facility in Aurora, Ohio. And sadly, in April of this year, she died of the COVID. She got the COVID. Mm -hmm. She was 91. Wow. Yep. And so there is the cast. You know, that it's really, it's really sad that she died of the COVID. You know what else is really sad? That she moved from Martha's Vineyard to Ohio. Well, she moved from Martha's Vineyard to Ohio to be closer to her family. So, yeah, I would think that it was sadder that the family didn't move to Martha's Vineyard. Martha's Vineyard, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Being a Buckeye myself. Well, it starts with we hear uh, sonar. Beep, 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 beep. And then we hear Da-da. the famous, famous score. Da-da. And of course, the Jaws music we're seeing underwater. Then we're seeing a bonfire with a lot of young people, uh, at least one guitar and lots of weed. They're drinking and they're hooking up on the beach. Well, um, there's this girl, Chrissy, with long blonde hair. And, of course, she's going to go skinny dipping in the water. And she's chased by a drunk dude. And, of course, she goes naked into the ocean at dusk. Which, I mean, anyone who has seen any sort of... We have Shark Week. All when we were at the beach, National Geographic had Shark Fest. So there's tons of shark content out there. Everyone should know. Dusk and dawn. Feeding times. Uh, Her head is above water. And we get a view underwater of her kicking her legs. And then she's jerked down. I think it's funny that you call it kicking her. That's treading water, Ma. Okay. (laughs) Uh, she's thrashing, thrashing, and thrashing, and then everything is still. Next morning, Amity, we have a Sparky dog. I know. Cutest little dog. The chief of police has a Sparky dog. And they're in his house, and he gets a phone call. And I'm interested in how much the chief of police made in 1975 that he could afford that beach cottage right on the water. Yeah, but I think that um, it was like 1974 prices. And so I don't think that because I in what I had read was that it needed to be a blue collar sort of beach community because that's the whole thing is that they're going to like shutting down the beach. This is when they make all of their money for exactly. the entire year. So 
it was supposed to be not the nicest. It's not like now. Like you, people got hip to it, and there's no way that he would have that now on his salary. No, exactly. <clears throat> I would have loved to have had it in 1974. Okay. Um, the season, the, the true beach season hasn't started yet. They're getting ready for the 4th of July because that's when summer starts on the Cape. But Go ahead. That's the, that means it's the end of June already. Yes. It's, it's like, I thought that summer started in Memorial Day, but I guess... Well, the further north you go, probably the more oh. that's delayed because of cold. Yeah, I looked it up in the, because everybody, it seems so chilly there. I'm like, oh, guys, it's the middle chilly. of the summer. And I think the average temperature in July was 73. Yeah, they, you would see them at night with their sweaters on, their cotton sweaters on. Yeah, I was like, well, oh. what gives, guys? Okay, well, then we see... Okay, so uh, um, the dude who was drunk last night passed out. He just knows the girl is missing. So there is a police officer looking and finds what's left of a girl's body full of crabs. I have more those on of that you, later. Yeah. Those of you who love to eat crab meat as I do, they're bottom, they're scroungers. They eat what's left over. Yeah, bottom feeders. Okay. There are signs on the beaches saying closed, no swimming. We have Boy Scouts who are doing a swim challenge out there. And the mayor doesn't want to shut anything down because they, they live all year on the money they make over the summer. We've never had shark attacks here before. So the mayor is calling it a boating accident and also gets the coroner to say it was a boating accident. Mm. Now we're at the beach. There's a kid on a raft. There's a dog chasing a stick. And there's a woman floating. Uh, The chief of police is on the beach watching. He's watching everything. His eyes are going everywhere. And there are tons of kids in the water. And we had seen the uh, different dude throwing the stick to his dog. The dog would go in the water, bring it back. Well, he hasn't seen his dog for a while, so he's yelling for his dog. And then the music starts. And so you know. And then you see blood. Blood in the water. So everybody's saying, get the kids out of the water, get the kids out of the water. And there is one woman who I'm going to say, because she has um, succumbed to COVID, I'm sorry about that. She looked a little old to be young Alex's mom. Maybe he was her miracle baby. Maybe he was. Um, But she's looking for Alex. And then the raft, the deflated raft, washes up with blood. And there is a $3,000 reward for anyone who kills the shark that killed her baby. I, I can't even imagine. You're on vacation and... Okay. These were probably, though, these were um, village people. These the, the were islanders. Folks, the locals? Uh, islanders. islanders. Yeah. But uh, we have a meeting with the mayor, the chief, and the townsfolk who mm-hmm. call themselves islanders. Islanders. And they're laughing about the bounty on the shark. 
<laughs> it's all a joke to you? Um, and then they ask, are you going to close the beaches? And the chief of police says yes. And the mayor says, but only for 24 hours. Then you hear... Oh, yeah. Oh, man. What an intro for a character. Oh, your lips completely disappeared and rolled up under your mouth so that you're, you're like Fire Marshal Bill. Uh, Just, because it uh, hurts. Oh, it, everywhere. It hurts the roof of my mouth. It does, you know, it hurts the roof of my mouth. Like, yeah, that that really, it, it gets behind my ears and stuff. But what, like, my reaction that that you have is cardboard on cardboard to me. Oh, the wow. sound of cardboard on card. Oh, I hate it. Oh, you hear that a lot more than I hear nails on a chalkboard. That's yeah. Oh, I don't like either of them. Oh. <laughs> Okay, and we are introduced to Robert Shaw. Oh, I can't get it. Now I feel it in my fingernails. I know, it's I like, I, like we're, teeth. Yeah, it's we're like, just showing teeth over here. Yeah, like they're they're doing their fingernails on my teeth. Oh, his, uh. his name is Mr. Quint. <laughs> Put your lips back. I'll catch him and I'll kill him, but I'm not going to do it for an old measly $3,000. I'm going to do it for $10,000. And then the chief is, is steadily researching sharks. We hear whistling. Yeah, they don't have Shark Week. He, he can't be in front of the TV just taking it all in. Okay, so um, people know that there is, if you catch that shark, you get $3,000. So a lot of people are like going out wanting to catch the shark. Well, so we also, it's an island. So you got to assume that there's a lot of fishermen, professional fishermen, and also hobby fishermen, amateur fishermen, and also people like, hey, it, this is a lotto ticket. You can get $3,000. Yeah. And, and in 75, I don't know. Um, how much that was, but uh, at the time, uh, we see a really large hook and we see people putting bait on a hook. Hi, Christine, welcome. And um, so, so there are two guys in a little like rowboat, really. They don't have a big boat. And they put this meat on this big ass hook and they throw it out there and then they tie the other, uh, a rope is tied to it and they tie the other end to the dock. Oh yeah, it and, was, a, it was a, like a pot roast or something. Yes, and uh, the dock, the the shark just takes the dock out to sea. Yeah, the guy almost bites the dust. He, he gets in the water, it's very tense. He's trying to swim back as the shark, I believe it was coming back towards him. Yeah, the very shark tense. was coming after him. His name was Charlie. Okay, got his legs out of the water just in time. The next day, a bunch of fishermen arrive, more fishermen arrive. Richard Dreyfus arrives. Um, he's Matt Hooper, and he is from the Science Institute, and he's been studying sharks all his life. 
and he's going, this was not a boating accident. And then we, we see all these fishermen out there chumming. Yes. They are um, throwing all the chum in the water. And a shark is caught. But it's not the right shark. I mean, that shark that they caught hardly had any teeth. It was a tiger shark, I believe. It was a tiger shark, which we have learned from Shark Week, is, is a very aggressive shark. Highly aggressive. Can you hear me? Oh. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Welcome. That was my test. I'm sorry. What? We're happy to have you. We're just doing the recap. Great. At this point, Alex, remember the boy from the float? Uh, his mother is is in her Jackie Kennedy morning. She, she suit. was in heavy mourning. Yeah, I mean, it had the veil and everything. And she goes up and just smacks the chief in the face. Well, Matt Hooper, well, Richard Drive. Yeah, she slaps him because she says, oh, you mean you knew that there was a shark out here just killing people and you didn't close the beach? Like, my son's death is on your hands. I, I, I think a lot of people are feeling that right now. It just seems. Yeah, yeah. Her uh, her real person persona, her family is probably feeling that right now. Since Christine, she died of the COVID. The woman who played Alex's mother in oh, real no. life. Yeah. Oh my god, she looked a lot like my um, my brother Alex's mother. Oh, oh really? Back in the day, which is also my mother, but. <laughs> but my brother's name was Alex, and her. <laughs> okay. Because you do have a brother from another mother. Yeah, I was. Oh, I, yes. I was confused. I was that. too. No, she looks like my mom before she, a long time ago. Oh, got it. Before, yeah, yeah. Before told, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> and me before your husband. Um, okay, then we have Matt Richard Dreyfus going to the chief's house. And the chief is saying how he hates boats and he hates water, why he's living on an island. I think because she, his wife, wanted the island life. Yeah, probably. And, and it's probably also- a lot safer if he's a police officer to be the chief of, you know, Amity, a nice beach community in the north, as opposed to, you know, part of the he NYPD. Had come from New York City. Yeah. That's what you thought at least. You thought? Yeah. Well, um let's have another drink and go cut the the shark open because Richard Dreyfus said the only way we know if this is the shark that ate Alex is if we cut him open and we see some Alex in there. And there's Alex. So <laughs> here's Alex. <laughs> what are we drinking for? Did we make a new drinking game? We didn't, but we can. No, oh. she was referencing oh. in the movie when they were drinking, but I did the same thing. I was like, oh, what are we drinking for? Oh, yeah, oh. that was when they were drinking in the movie. Oh. Yes. yes. Um, so he's finding out, we're all finding out that this shark is a night feeder. And so they all go out on a boat. And there's a fish finder, which is, I'm assuming, like a radar thing that lets you know where something big in the water is. And it's going nuts. And then they see this little boat 
It was Ben Garner's boat. And so Matt goes over to the boat. There's a hole in the bottom of the boat, and he gets a huge shark tooth as big as the palm of his hand. It was huge. And then we have our first shriek of the movie, because at that point, Ben's face bobs into the hole of the, yeah. Um, The jump scare. Yeah. And Richard Drivers goes, it's a great white. And but he, he loses t- the tooth. I was so excited because I just pictured him rocking it like a Flava Flav huge clock medallion. Just put a, like a rope around and he's just like, that's what he's wearing. That's his necklace. But dude's, dude's face appears in the hole. And so he drops it because he's freaked out, which I would have been too. Yeah. Okay, so you wouldn't have been down there. Just- no, I wouldn't have. No, I wouldn't have. Never breathe there again. Okay, and so Richard Dreyfus is, has been studying sharks. He says this this dude's going to feed here until the food supply is gone. Uh, the mayor doesn't believe it, and all the mayor cares about is the money. Well, t- tomorrow is the official beginning of summer because it's the Fourth of, of July. July. And the mayor says the beaches will be open. And the tourists arrive. Wow, it's almost like everybody checking in at Sea Colony. The mayor wants all the islanders to go in the ocean. I mean, so everybody's on the beach, but nobody's actually going they're into just playing. the water. They're, yeah, they're just hanging out. They're just playing. They're, they're like, you know, I mean, we've had what? We've had a woman die. We've had a little boy die. And we've had a dog die. And then there's like a bunch of people on a boat that never came back. This one guy, he almost died because the shark took away the pier. I think I'm just going to like, you know, include like bask in the summer vibes on the beach, on the yeah, land. Doing, doing the Christine and Liz thing, hanging out <laughs> in the sand. Yeah. Okay. Well, the mayor starts, you know, trying to get people to go in. They get one kid to go in and that's it. Everybody goes in. Um. And Martin, the chief of police, has given his son. How old do you think that oldest son was? Ten. Giving him a little sailboat, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a little. And my a... thing is, you're the one that's scared of the shark. Maybe you don't give him that boat yet. <laughs> I don't even if it's his birthday, like. Hold off a couple of weeks, draw him a little picture and tell him it's coming in the mail. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Also, like giving the 10 year old boy a boat. I wonder if if you're an islander, like getting a boat would be the equivalent of like a little boy getting a BB gun or like his first, like if you're in the Midwest or something, like your first, you know, gun to go hunting and stuff where... It's like, okay, he's like 10 and, you know, to teach him responsibility for some people, like culturally speaking, that's what some people do, right? But they're not island people. So why are you giving your city kid a boat? Right. To go out with two of your pals, that's that's not safe anyway. And you don't so even we, that that seemed like that was maybe like the mom was like get him the boat because the dad how are, if you're scared of water, how are you gonna give your son your we'll say ten your ten year old son a boat? I'm scared <laughs> to death of water. Here's because you're not gonna be able to go because you're 
spouse makes you. That's what I yeah. said. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she did enjoy that sun in her hair. So um, the chief of police goes and asks the son, please, please take your boat over to the, the pond. Pond. Yeah. So- um, because, yeah, just do it in the pond, okay? Because you know, safe in the pond. And then we're back in the ocean. We see lots of kicking legs, or as Aaron says, people treading, treading water. water. <laughs> uh, and and the deputy thought he saw something, a uh, fin, but then he said, no, he didn't, he didn't. And then the chief of police does see a fin, and the fin is in the pond, and it's been an hour. Oh, man. Wow. I mean, guys, if you're not hooked yet. That was that was uh, three bo- three human bodies and a dog, right? Yeah. In the first hour. Okay. Well, probably more than that because of the people on the boat. I don't know. Like, there was, I mean, there was the one guy that we saw, like, dead. Well, we don't know what. we saw his head. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Okay, so there were some people of color. There Did were? You... Yeah, on the beach. There were people of color on the beach. I, I saw some brown flash before me, and I thought, you know what? I'm not falling for it. I think that's just severely suntanned white people. Well, I saw a few people of color. I did not count. I count my toll, I counted zero. Christine, how many POCs did you count? I just assumed zero. Yeah. I I saw a pair of tan legs, and then I did see, like, a guy who seemed on the darker end, but I went with zero because obviously nobody was really thinking that, you know, it, it wasn't... that. That's what they wanted me to think, that there were no people of color. Well, it was Martha's Vineyard. Yeah. Okay. Well, you have teased us, Aaron, that you have some nerd alerts. I have some nerd alerts. I got a bunch. All right. So I got this from GeraldPerry.com. My first nerd alert is about Verna Fields, a.k.a. Mother Cutter. She was the editor on this film. Her father wrote scripts. And sent her to a fancy school. And then the famous director, Fritz Lang, who did M, he needed help with sound editing. And he asked about the girl that was always around. Which kind of seems like maybe that could be creepy looking back at it now. But we'll just go with it. Um, And so he hired her as an editing apprentice. And she had no knowledge or experience with sound Mm. editing whatsoever which was kind of like oh okay um but within four years she was in the union so she really took to it she ended up marrying writer sam fields and they had two kids and sadly eight years later he died at the age of 38 so she had two kids to support so at that time it was super easy to find work in tv because that would be around in the 50s and she had it so that in the afternoon, she could come home and make dinner for the kids and put them to sleep. And she built a cutting room in her back area of her house, and she would edit until around 2 a.m. Oh, wow. And then director Irving Lerner 
they met behind the scenes on the film Spartacus and through him, she learned how to approach film, um, film editing because she was doing sound editing and she was doing a lot of the Saturday morning sound stuff. And so then she got drafted into Lyndon B. Johnson's Great Society thing that oh. he had, which was a lot, I think, like FDR's New Deal. And they, she would edit films for the USIA and for the HEW and the Office of Economic Opportunity. And she was really interested in using film for social reform. So she would take 16-millimeter cameras to Farmsville, California, where Chicanos were picking oranges. And in one of them, two boys were thrown out of school because they had bottles of cologne in their, in their lockers. And the boys said straight to the camera, like, they didn't want us to graduate. And the film was shown to the school board and to the people, and the school board looked like they, they came out looking like idiots. Like, you are keeping these two kids from graduating because they have cologne in their lockers. And probably the reason they have cologne in their lockers is because they're out in the fields, you know, picking oranges and stuff. And when they come to school, they don't want to smell bad, so they put cologne on. And the administration... So they, I think that's when she was like, oh, wow, the power of cinema. I mean, she knew it before then. But then there was an administration change. Nixon came into office. So it kind of put the kibosh on a lot of stuff. And she went on to teach at USC. And George Lucas was a student of hers. Wow. Mm -hmm. And she ended up winning the Oscar for Best Film Editing for this film and so that's why she was mother cutter because she like george lucas was one of her students the woman who was married to george lucas and cut star wars was also one of her students and worked with her on the lbj projects and stuff and she cut peter bogdanovich's films like you know paper moon and what's up doc and also Steven Spielberg's first film. So she was very instrumental to the foundation of what is referred to as New Hollywood. I mean, those are three iconic big-time directors. Mm-hmm. And yeah. as, I, as I said before, she went on to become, like, within a year after Jaws came out, being the vice president of productions at Universal Studios. And sadly, some of the guys, like, the guys kind of thought that she had sold out because they were young and they're like, no, now you're a suit. And it kind of hurt her feelings a little bit, but she felt that she could actually do a lot more and actually protect them a lot because she was in the room where it happens now. Mm-hmm. So that's I thought that was really cool because you never hear about Verna Fields. That's right. So it's pretty Mother cool. Cutter. Uh-huh. Um, okay, next nerd alert. The USS Indianapolis. Remember when Quint gives his great monologue about that so it is like that's a real ship and it's true they were on a secret mission and they were delivering parts for little boy which was the atomic bomb that was dropped on hiroshima by the enola gay on august 6 1945 and they also so the the it's funny because later on you read like the parts for little boy. Oh, it was just the enriched uranium. 
which at the time happened to be half the world's supply at the time of enriched uranium. Yeah. So that was on, um, it's, it left San Francisco on July 19th, 1945, and it took it 74 and a half hours to reach Pearl Harbor, which at the time was a, it was like a speed record. Like, we got this enriched uranium, we need to send it, go, go, go. So they were flying. They de- then delivered it to Tianan. I'm probably saying that incorrectly. T-I-N-I-A-N. And they arrived July 26th. And then from there, they, you know, did the delivery. They went to Guam. And that's a bunch of the sol- soldiers that were on the USS Indianapolis they got replaced and or relieved by other soldiers. So their duty was up. There's, you know, time to rotate out. So then on July 28th, they were going from Leet, L-E-Y-T-E, and that's a Philippines island, Filipino island. Um, and then that's on July 30th, they were sunk. They were struck by torpedoes, Japanese subs. And there was 1,194 soldiers aboard. 300 went down with the ship because the ship sank within 12 minutes. Oh, my gosh. My biggest nightmare. So all of those other people were in the water. And there was limited life. It's basically everything that Quint says. And... The Navy command didn't know about it until three and a half days later. So 316 people ended up surviving. But in the movie, it says that they didn't, that the Navy didn't know because it was a secret mission. But that's not necessarily the case because it was a secret, but they had already done they like they already gave the enriched uranium and dropped it off so they were no longer really on a secret mission what happened was on july 31st they were supposed to have arrived and at the time in the in 1945 if if there was a really large ship they would have like the people who left the port would have like okay it's leaving the port and then it would be like where it's gonna arrive and they really didn't keep track of it because it was such a big ship that they were just like, oh, it's going to arrive. But the operations officer on the 31st when it should have arrived, you know, the, like it's the Navy. It's like clockwork. And this had already been established that this was a, a well-oiled machine of a, you know, they did a land speed record already and everything. So the operations officer failed to investigate, and he didn't immediately report it to his supervisors. And then they say that um, in the mo- you know, that no distress signals went out, but that's not true. The USS Indianapolis, they did send out distress calls, and it went to three stations that got the distress call. One commander was drunk. Another ordered his men not to disturb him. And the third thought that it was a Japanese trap. So they didn't. So the captain of the ship, he actually survived. And but he, you know, in the Navy and stuff, it's like the captain always goes down with the ship. 
he wasn't the first one that jumped off. He was one of the last people to abandon ship. His name was Charles McVeigh. He ended up being court-martialed because they said that he abandoned the ship and that he put the ship in danger. And he was... They basically said, like, no, you didn't abandon the ship. But they did say that he put the ship at danger. Um, because they, he was ordered to do like a zigzag pattern at his discretion, but nobody told him that there was a Japanese sub in working those waters. So his, if he had known, if somebody had communicated to him, oh, there's a Japanese sub, then he would have done the zigzag pattern. But because nobody said anything and it was his discretion, he's like, well, no, we can just like go right ahead. Um, So then, in 1968, he took himself out the game. Because while most of the crew was like, there's nothing he could have done. Like, he did everything that he could have done. You know, survivors, or not not survivors, but the victims' families, like, of servicemen who were dead, or like, you were the captain, you're supposed to go down with the ship. You know, my son never came home. And he was yeah. the captain, so he would have a ma- he had a whole bunch of guilt and stuff. Um, but then in 1996, a sixth grader was doing a project, and that's when he kind of came up with all this information, and he brought it up to like this lobbyist, and the lobbyist was going on, um, like started looking into it, and. Yeah, come to find out, they, like, declassified the information, and that's when they found, found out about the three signal calls that went out to the people. I'm sorry, so, a sixth grader figured yeah, that out? He, yeah, a sixth grader doing a, pro, a report on the USS Indianapolis. And so wow. in 1996, they, he ended up getting cleared Aww. of the court-martial. So his his name was his record was changed and they were like no it wasn't his fault. Also he was the only of all the ships that got sunk by torpedoes in World War II and there was like a butt ton. He was the only captain that got court-martialed for it. Oh wow. Yeah. And so yeah, so in 1996 like, the navy was like nah, he's good, which it's Sadly, it yeah, was too late for you. him. It but... doesn't bring him back. Yep. Wow. Yeah. And so, like Quint said, a bunch of people got killed by the old sharks. Sharks, exposure, um, exposure to seawater, because it gets, like, inside yeah, Like, you. drinking seawater, evidently. Not, just... Yeah, like, drinking it, but also, like, you know, like, if you've been in the tub for a bunch, like, an Epsom salt tub and stuff, like, your skin starts to pickle and... So just being immersed in salt water is not great. Do you think when that happened, do the sharks come right away or do you have a couple hours? Um, It was like true what Quinn said in the movie. I think it was, it wasn't right away, but kind of within a couple, like an hour or two, they started oh. circling. So you don't really have time to get numb. See, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or lose your mind. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd rather lose my mind than... No, they were coming for me. No, no. Yeah. Oh, and one of the guys, so, like, the rescue didn't go out for three and a half days, but there was a young pilot who was in, like, one of those boats that can land on water, and he actually spotted them, 
and he was like we have to he wasn't supposed to land but he landed and he tried to get people up but then it, it was too weighted down so he, exactly. had, he couldn't like take off again but luckily by then there was already vessels coming in to oh, okay. but there are people that lived after three and a half days yeah in the water there was like over 300 of them you tread i mean i guess there's debris well they had like they had there I were saw some Titanic. yeah there were some life a door <laughs> there's some life vests they had their life Ooh, vests on one. they had they had yeah. some lifeboats they had like their canned rations and stuff that were floating that they they could like kind of try to eat off of um mm. but yeah i mean geez and so yeah that's why quint is how quint is and all makes sense after that harrowing story all right, my next nerd alert. So there's like a super famous shot in this. It's the shot where Brody is on the beach and, you know, yes. and he's sitting and then all it's it's called it's it, it's the official name for it is a dolly zoom shot, but it's also called the vertigo effect. And it's like yes. one of my favorite shots. And I've. I've done it in pretty much almost everything I've ever done because I just think it's so cool and fun to do. Um, it was also, it was in Vertigo. It was used in Goodfellas. It's when the foreground image stays the same, but the background changes. And it was developed by Alfred Hitchcock and Urban, Urban Roberts. And so Hitch, the legend goes that Hitchcock was at a party and he fainted. And as he was fainting, he was like, oh, man, that's what I, I want to get that effect. And so he worked uh -huh. with Ermin, Ro yeah, Ermin Roberts to come up with it. And um, basically what it is is, and it's really easy to do it. You can do it on your phone, but it, you kind of have to practice it and work at it because you'll stand um, at a distance, get your frame right, so have the image, and then as you physically move closer, so usually you're doing it with something with wheels, like a dolly, you want to time it so that the speed that you're moving in is also the speed that you're zooming out. Yeah. And that, that's see, why... That's total vertigo. Yeah, that, that's why it creates the whole... Because it's doing two things at one time. So if you look at you know an image when you have your phone and you have an image and then see how that changes when you physically move it and the background, it does something different where if you're staying stationary and you zoom in on it, it's the background perspective is different. So when you combine them, that's when you get the that cool sort of what? vertigo yeah. effect yeah. image. But you have to be careful of what your depth of field is so if you want to do it in your own project or something, you want to make sure because anytime that you're moving closer to an object, if you have a shallow depth of field, you're going to have to pull the focus and that's like super crazy hard. So you want to have it so that from point A to point B where you're moving, it's still going to be, your object is still going to be in focus. But yeah, it's the dolly zoom shot and you'll see it in a bunch of different movies and it's just really cool and it 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 gives the perfect feeling of um, what because he's been looking for this and he finally sees it and then he realizes his kid is in danger mm -hmm. and so yeah his his head explodes mm -hmm. it's, yeah it's basically just head explode shot 
Those are my nerd alerts. Wow, well done. Teeny, do you have any nerds? Nope. Nor do I. So we are two reheatables, negative and positive. Anybody want to go first? Okay. okay. <laughs> I will go first. I think that my my worst nightmare was the his wife, the chief of police's wife, is in the emergency room in her bathing suit. Like she didn't even get to throw on a pair of pants and a shirt. <laughs> she had a sweater on. I even I noticed that. <laughs> I cannot imagine anything worse than my sausage casing <laughs> of a swimsuit. Oh, so that's good man. to know. You know if, if you needed to get to the hospital quickly, you'd be like, oh, hold on. I need to put some pants on. I I totally need a cover-up of some kind. My moo-moo. Give me my moo-moo, okay? <laughs> There's no time for your moo-moo. No, I need my moo-moo. <laughs> okay. Um, my other, well, that's that's my least, Okay. Um, chumming the waters when there are swimmers in the water. Yes. Well, hey. Yeah, that's that's a that's a bad reheatable right there. What's the definition of a bad reheatable? Chumming the waters when there's people swimming. Exactly, and and that still happens. Yeah. I mean, when we were on Holden, there are people who are able to fish. Yeah. While ki- while kids are sw- everybody, while other people are swimming, like even during because it, at Bethany they'll you can do it before the lifeguards are on duty, and then you can fish after the lifeguards are in right. duty. No, because they don't have lifeguards out oh. home, so they just they they're throwing their hooks out there, and kids are out there playing. And wow, yeah, one more reason why I didn't go in the water in Holton. Those are my negative. All right, Teeny, your negatives? The idiots <laughs> in the beach that wanted to get in the water when they knew people were disappearing and there was a shark about. Yeah. And the idiots who wouldn't close the beach when there was a shark killing people and wouldn't admit that it was killing people. Exactly. Yeah, it's pretty rough. And not watching your kids at the beach. Yes. Yeah, that's a good one. That was so 70s. I mean, mid-70s. Mid-70s? Um, we well, saw yeah, some we, people. We this, saw it uh, yeah. two weeks ago, too. Yeah. It's incredible to me how people let their, okay, five-year-old kid go down to the, because we had a sh- sort of a. It was like a ledge. A ledge. So where we were sitting on the beach, you couldn't see the water's edge. Mm. And they let their kids go down there and play while they're up there drinking and not socially distancing and you don't know what's going to happen to that kid or you put a seven-year-old in charge of a three and four-year-old yeah meanwhile i couldn't get in the ocean without a parent looking at me and i'm i'm 40 (laughs) we didn't have christine and adam to to be with you so and i do want to know that i did wear a mask on the beach she did i wore a mask the entire time I was Damn. home. Ins- yeah. I had my inside mask. She did. I have I have the the darkness sure on my cheeks to prove it. I took this seriously. Well, you did risk your life 
to come and have a vacation with me. So I thank did. you. I did. I, I took it very seriously. I was I was that motherfucker on the beach with the Darth Vader mask, just eyeballing everyone. <laughs> I only took uh, it off, dude. <laughs> few more feet, ten feet. Yeah, I, I did like feet. that guy. He was he was my spirit <laughs> animal. This guy on the beach was like, people were setting up. They're like, I don't think that's ten feet. I would take it off, but then as soon as people, because I, I paid attention to which direction the wind was blowing, and then I saw these jabronis, and so I just put it on. I only had it off when I went into the ocean, and man, I still, I wanted it on when I was in the ocean, but, you know, you got to make do. Tina, she got caught in the washing machine. I did. I did. I got my, my back. I got blood. Tore up her back. Well, but, got caught. His, his knee is still bothering. He's got God. a brace on his knee. We got jacked. I gotta say, I'm glad I'm not there then. <laughs> oh, but it was the it was the <laughs> one time. I only got slammed once. And we I, got nice easy waves. See, yeah. it was just like every year. You know, I look out and I go, "Okay, it's calm now." I don't say anything because I don't want to get anybody excited. But I think. I might be able to go in because I could just walk right in. I can just walk right in. I get to the edge of the water, and what happens? The big ass waves come. <laughs> they, they weren't big ass waves, but we also discovered that Ma doesn't know how to dive. She well, seems she seems to think that diving is stand, like arching your back and putting your head just. <laughs> I she, swear I tried. Vertical planking tried. is how she dies. I pointed my arm. No, she put her, she put her arms down by her side and puts her <laughs> chin up to dive. So the water just goes up her nose, and she's like, I did. Like, "That's I, not diving." I did a lot of seawater this year. <laughs> that's not dive. That's the opposite of diving. Okay. All right, my okay. battery heatables. Please. Okay, I just thought that this was very interesting and telling. 1975 Amityville police chief's vehicle was like so beachy and pleasant and inviting. It was it was just a Jeep with no no roof on it, you know? Yeah. Just he could hop in and out. It just seemed very friendly and personable. Compare that to 2020 decked out tinted windows suv of bethany beach of yeah just of bethany beach yeah of just the suvs and just the intimidating just police and just you know just their their vibe just the beach police's vibes <laughs> i thought was very interesting um the tides in amity i keep calling it amityville but it's amity Oh, that's pretty Amity Village. Okay, here's yeah. my here's my thing. So, dude was drunk, fell asleep on the beach in the shore, in the like you know, where the water was coming up, right? Wakes up, didn't drown somehow. Because how how did he not drown if the tide took the woman's body up to the dunes? Oh, see, you're being way too cerebral. I was like, hold on a second. Are we sure this isn't, in fact, a murder? It did look like a murder that her body was there. Right? Her body got picked up all the way into the dunes, and my guy 
didn't drown from passing out on the beach? How do the tides work? I was a little confused. Well, I wonder if you've been, you know, floated on up towards the top a little bit and then the tide went down and he floated on back. But how drunk are you that that water coming up your backside doesn't wake you up? (laughs) Or else you had to be judgy here yeah. okay 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 I, i'm just okay. saying it just it, it, it just was like even okay he woke up and stuff i still didn't buy that the tide brought her body all the way but it, okay. I, I understand even, that it had I didn't to think about it. it had to though for the story because they had right. to discover it, it so okay and it had to have the crabs on it to be right. extra gross right. um no umbrellas on the beach like they're all just getting well, that bait. Was... Oh, they were out of stock. Oh, remember? Oh, he, like they were at the shop, and he was like, "You don't have anything I ordered? I ordered umbrellas and blah blah blah." Oh. So like they were like the shop didn't have them. It seems like a very seasonal beach town. Yes, I just thought that uh, okay, but the islanders. That's why people didn't own their own. Oh, right, right. and people were into sunbathing. Yeah. Yeah. Still, that I mean, I you're wrong. Yeah, <laughs> I. Oh, you know what? I'll own it. And you know what? That's why oh, yeah. I say. That's why I say there were no people of color in this because those were just white tan white people because there was no umbrellas. That's true. They probably were using oil too. Mm-hmm. Um. And when I'll tell you what, when Adam and I went to go buy an umbrella, it was so hard. You can't just buy an umbrella these days hmm. or back then so if it's not hard now in 2020 interesting sure it was hard yeah interesting well my last negative nerd alert we've already alluded to reheatable. it oh my yeah negative reheatable it's okay. after, hours. after hours is uh should we really be letting a kid just sit in a boat on the water alone Remember, not, not watching your kids. He was, he yeah. was. Remember, he like he put him on the pond, but then they were like, he when he comes inside and he's like, where is he? And the wife is like, he's just sitting in the boat. And he was, the boat was docked, but the mom was not the least bit concerned that the kid was just with his what five year old brother, and he was like, what? And the dad was like, what? Get out of there! And he's just like, what? I'm just sitting here. I'm like, that he didn't have a life I didn't see a life vest on the kid I just don't think that that you should be allowed as a child to just sit in a boat and play the 70s man what a different time exactly exactly there were no iPads go out and do something get away from me I, but I don't think that like go sit in a boat that you're a city kid and we've just moved to the island that that's I just feel like that's questionable parenting. And then the mom, it wasn't until the the dad, Brody, made the comment about like, oh, yeah, you know, sharks attack in like three, like some some shark three fact. Feet yeah, right. that the right. mom was then get out of the boat right now. Like, what about just drowning? You don't need to. There doesn't need to right. be a shark for this to seem like a horrible idea. Yeah. And her wig was bad. It was a bad wig. Okay, positive reheatables. I did love when Quint smashed his beer can in his bare hands. That was a good one. 
and Richard Dreyfus smashed his now styrofoam is a negative, but smashed his styrofoam cup in his. They're so easy to smash, yeah. So yeah. satisfying. Were those your positive? That was my positive. Oh. Mine. Um they're at the beginning when they like I don't know, one of the scenes where everybody's fleeing the water. Um they're that's a good, that's a good man. <laughs> Beer me. Um, they're like all like trying to get out of the water and you see two people just dragging this boy. I thought his legs got bit off by the shark at first. Just me dragging too. the boy by the arms. And I was just like, that's like when you guys have to get the two of us out of the water. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Pick your feet up. Pick uh, your feet up. I can't, I can't. Engage the core. Lift from yeah. the core. Um, Hurry. At the, you have to swim. <laughs> um, also, the men's fashion. The I, short shorts? What? The short shorts? No, just like all the men on the ship, like, when they were like going out to catch the shark, I was like, it looks like they're walking around Williamsburg. Yeah. <laughs> and sure enough, GQ wrote an article in 2015 and it was like jaw like 10 iconic style moments in Jaws that's inspiration for the fashion this summer for men. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Boat shoes. Yeah. I um, but I feel like they were just wearing sneakers on there, most of them. Like, yeah, wasn't it like had the a fisherman's hat on? And yeah, even like they showed some like pictures from behind the scenes of Jaws that were, you know, they just had it going on. Yeah, I agree. And then my last positive reheatable is going to the beach. Oh my God. Yeah. Yes. 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 Even though we couldn't be together, we we all knew we were. And each I feel the like week. you and Adam would be in the water if there was a shark attack a week or earlier. Oh yeah. Well, oh yeah. I think it's a scientific fact that sharks don't like dark meat. I can't can't be sure. <laughs> Hasn't been peer reviewed, but just saying. Okay. <laughs> okay, we are too. Um, excuse me. Yes, what did I do? Oh my god, again. <laughs> yeah. Erin, your positive reheat. Okay, my first positive reheatable is Sparky Dog. That oh, yeah, was amazing. I saw him too. He was so cute. My second positive reheatable is when the townspeople were really upset because all of the all the kids were taking karate and they were karate chopping the fences and yeah. they karate chopped the bike. And I just thought, like, because it was in the beginning, and it's just that thing of, like, oh, and then they're going to look back, and it's like, ah, oh, the halcyon days. And it just reminded me, like, of all the stuff that happened in 2019. And then you look back, and you're like, ah, those yeah. were those yeah. were the those days. Those were the days. Um, I also loved it when the chief was walking in town, and he made it a point to cross at the crosswalk. I'm like, see, <laughs> there's somebody in authority who was following the rules. That's why we should have listened to him. Close down the beach. This is a man with integrity. That's right. 
Uh, and then also just the whole debate on whether or not to close the beach. Because Quint, as Quint pointed out, it's like, well, you close the beach or if you close the beach, you're basically going to be on welfare for the winter. Yeah. And that's how we found ourselves in this predicament because it is a legitimate question of, you know, doing what is in the interest of public safety versus doing what is also an interest of public safety because then it's like, well, how is this how are the people going to support themselves if this is yeah. taken away? All of that reminded me very much of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this was the first summer blockbuster yes and just how like just how fun a cool summer movie it is and it started the whole summer blockbuster and it's a good reheatable because we didn't have any summer blockbusters and this movie was when we were at the beach and i read it in a bunch of different places a lot of people have been watching this movie because it's been shown at drive-ins when we were at the beach they were Remember, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, they're doing Jaws at the drive-in. Yes. Yes. So, well, I'll throw this in the my reheatables, I guess. Just but like, I guess what a reheatable is like how it stayed relevant every summer, mm-hmm. you know, like it's mm-hmm. a reheatable itself. And like all these places are doing, uh, well, it's all on Instagram where you put a projector and you like float or you float in a like floaty in like a tuner tube to watch the movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Like, how terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. Because there's going to be that smart ass who gets in the water real quietly. Adam. Yeah, exactly. The smart ass I was thinking of. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then the other thing, and this is just silly, but I saw on Reddit, somebody said, if you watch Jaws backwards, it's a movie about a shark that keeps throwing up people until they have to open a beach. <laughs> That's pretty hilarious. I like that. <laughs> Okay, quotables. I mean, this could have been an MVP on its own. Yes. You're going to need a bigger boat. Yeah. And that was ad-libbed. Wow. Yeah. It was, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. And then in the end where he's about, I mean, spoiler alert, about to shoot him. Mm Mm-hmm. And he says, smile, you son of a bitch. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I have that one, too. And then, yeah, Michael Caine apparently said he's never, I've never seen it, but by all accounts, it's terrible. However, I've seen the house that it built, and it's terrific. So that's not a movie quote, but a quote quote. Oh, okay. Well, um, Quint, when he, Quint was a drinker. But Robert Shaw, who played Quint, was drunk most of the movie. Yeah, Quint was a drinker, but Robert Shaw was a drinker. Yeah. And he uh, w- he's drinking. He, he says, here's to swimming with bow-legged women. <laughs> I thought that was funny. And then they're on the boat, and a fire breaks out on the boat. And Quint goes, uh, Chief, put out the fire, will you? <laughs> like, that was the least of their problems, the fire on the boat. Those were mine. Uh, I have Quint saying there are too many captains on this damn island. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I have, I'm not going to waste time arguing with a man who's lining up to be hot lunch. Yes. 
I like, I, I'm pretty sure this is Quint. And he's like a little shaking, a little tenderizing, and down you go. Hmm. And then this, this was one of my favorite ones. He's got lifeless eyes, black <laughs> eyes, like doll's eyes. It's you. Yeah. <laughs> That's why. I've been told okay. by many people I have shark eyes. Shark yeah. eyes. Um, I forgot two of them. When they're like trying to figure out at the beginning about, um, they're talking about they're going to close the beach for 24 hours. And this lady in the background just screams out, 24 hours is like three weeks. Steal <laughs> <laughs> in the world. And then I'm pretty sure this is when their little boy was out on a boat by himself in the water. The mom was just saying, want to get drunk and fool around? <laughs> yeah, it was. Yes. Yes. That, that was, was the 70s. 70s. Yeah. Okay. We are to LVP, least valuable player player um least valuable thing that happened okay so my lvp because uh was you know money over lives he wanted to open the beaches so that they get all the money it didn't matter how many people were gonna die yeah yeah <laughs> um Mine, and I did this one in honor of Adam, was making sharks be villains. Oh, yeah. yeah. I did think of that. One. I did. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's just a show. And then I saw a whole Reddit thread about, because it's the same shark that comes back in Jaws 2, 3, and 4. <gasps> Spoiler. Wait, I how think. did he come back? Oh, wait, no, it's not. I think that people, no, the Reddit thread was talking about could they be relatives of him or something like that. Right. He come back. Or maybe he, yeah, he blew up. I mean, shh. I think it's like they're kids, but I don't know. It, yeah. It's on HBO. Son of Jaws. Yeah, there's Jaws 2 and Bunch. There, yeah. I don't know that I ever saw any other ones. They're all on HBO. I was going to watch them, but I, I watched Richard Jewell instead. Um, oh. <laughs> my my least valuable player is was the mayor's anchor blazer. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know I was now. Like, wow. That, there was something about that that was very nautical. It was very nautical. Very I just, nautical. I I just personally would have preferred a, a nice seersucker. Uh, yeah, it was just, I'm pretty sure he probably has a Christmas blazer. Yeah, it was. It wasn't. Blazer. I wasn't against the anchors and the anchor motif. I was just more against the size of the anchors, how many anchors it was all was, the colors of the anchor. Also, okay. the it was really the wow. material. It seemed like a very heavy heavy it polyester was probably a heavy double knit yeah it seemed like a very yeah. heavy like like um what is it called when, like jumbo shrimp like the contradiction you have this anchor summer blazer and yet it's yeah. the heaviest material ever known yeah. to man yeah so yeah 70s was definitely and didn't, didn't really have the physique to really pull it off so. But that's why it was funny. Yeah, I, I know, I know. But it's, I was also like, oh, man. Okay, well, my MVP mm -hmm. 
I loved, I loved, I loved all of the main characters. I thought they were cast beautifully. Um, but really, it comes down to. Ah, uh, yeah. 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 And I read that. Um, John Williams played that for Steven Spielberg, and Steven went, okay, okay, okay. Now, what, what's the real score? Well, he played it on the piano, and I, th- I believe it's like an E and an F, or maybe an F and F sharp, and he just played it on the piano, and Spielberg laughed. Yeah. But John Williams, in his head, he heard it as being a tuba, and when you went to the tuba player to play it, the tuba guy was like, are you sure that you want me to do it because... This is, it was in a very high register for a tuba, and it's, it would have been made more sense for it to have been a French horn. And John Williams was like, no, I want it to be the tuba because I want it to have that extra strain and the extra, like, wait, what is that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Other people's MVPs. Mine was to all the haters out there the mother effing shark <laughs> yes that's good. Talk so much shit about this damn shark yep yep that's i true. have a combination of the shark and the in the last the ending scene the shark killing scene or this that whole scene terrifies me the thought yeah. of that thing attacking me on a boat and then when the one guy when he comes up there and he gets the guy's leg i don't know these people's names and he like bites his leg off and then blood starts coming out of the yeah. guy's mouth yeah that was quint yeah well yeah, it was just how petty the shark was like the shark mm-hmm. it wasn't because you know you're watching these shark week shark fests and stuff and it's just like yeah they bite because that's how they see what it is but this shark was smart and was fucking with people yeah you know like it and- had the buoys with it and then it would like go oh, down yeah. and using it and and like there was one shot where it went away and then it was like oh no 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 it like came back yeah and I just thought it looked scary and it looked real to me. Yes. Mm-hmm. And also that ride at Disney World or at Universal Studios. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been on the Jaws ride? Because it's no. terrifying. It's no. still terrifying. No, you have. It's like, no, it's like you're in a boat and you're getting attacked no, by a shark. You might. You've been on it. It's the Universal in California. It's the one where it's the back lot tour. And they take you past the lake. Yeah. Yeah. You've done it. I was with no, you. I was scared. I wasn't that. on I wasn't I... on a boat though. No, but it's the train like you're on, like you're doing yeah. the back lot, and then they yeah. take you down and then the, it yeah. comes up. Yeah. And I was scared from the moment I got in that damn train. Because yep. I knew it was coming. Dun-dun. Yeah, they get you. Yeah. Well, my MVP, it's Quint. Because just he, the yeah. monologue that he gives, how he's introduced in the our lips are gonna disappear. Exactly. And just all of the the great funny things. My favorite scene of his, like the USS the Indianapolis is great. I love when he's he has the lure out and he quietly starts getting into the gear and and strapping in and clicking in and it's just like this is a man 
who's on a mission and I, and I, he knows what he's doing yeah and i i like i like characters i'm always a sucker for the the character that is just um you know who just doesn't give a fuck about polite society and is just gonna do what he's gonna do and you know and then you hear his backstory and you're like oh, yeah this guy is a badass and imagine how drunk the shark got after eating him. It's probably what saved them, honestly. But you think that it was the oxygen that blew up. But no, it was Quint's alcohol-soaked body that went up in flames. Okay. Guess what time it is. Is it recasting? recasting. Okay. Okay. I know that I am going to be ridiculed. For my cast. Mercilessly? Probably. <laughs> I went for a female cast. Oh. Nice. Okay. So I'm going to save my quint for last because my quint is my piece de resistance. Okay. Mine too. That's fun. And, and, and my other two are just kind of there. Okay. Okay. So Martin had to be able to be... Um, so she could be the chief of police. Who? My my female uh-huh. could be a chief of police. Okay. Um, Paula Patton. Oh yeah, I see that. The every chief. day, I mean, way way gorgeouser than every day. But everyday person, we're gonna need a bigger boat. I really think we need a bigger boat. Okay, so my Hooper. Um, had to be young and sassy and uh, Rashida Jones. Now, I'm yeah. thinking with both of them, they're not going to want to get their hair that wet. <laughs> and truth be told, my Quint would not want to get her hair that wet. But, okay, think of a female Navy person who'd been through some shit. Pam Greer. Pam Greer would be an awesome quint. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. I said, at first I had Viola Davis, which would be amazing. No, Pam Greer is Pam a... Pam Greer? She, oh, yeah. I really like my quint, but man, Pam Greer is a good quint. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Christine, do you have a recasting? No, I love the cast as it is. I love your female <laughs> cast. Okay, for my Hooper, because, you know, he's got, like, he's he's a nerd. He's into science and stuff. So I casted Minaj Hassan, the comedian. Oh, yes. I thought he would be a great Hooper. Oh, yeah. You he know? could have some little yeah. wire rim glasses. Yeah, and he's just, like, you know, talking science and, and yeah. For my chief... I went with one name as because I forgot that I to put this down. And then when we were talking earlier, I realized, no, this is my chief. My chief is Don Cheadle. Oh, yeah. Mm. He'd be really well, good. Don Cheadle could do any of these yeah. roles. <laughs> but as I, I was saying before, like at first I went to Michael B. Jordan. But the thing I liked Just about. Just because we like to see him. Yeah, Schneider is that he isn't. Like, when you see him, you didn't automatically think, like, oh, he's going to save the day. Like, he doesn't right. scream action star. He's, like, more every man. And that's what I think, like, Don Cheadle, like, you're not like, oh, he's a superhero, you know? Even though he has 
played superheroes. You know, he just seems more like every man build. And and he's got a lot of chutzpah, but but he can play the every man who has more chutzpah than resources. Yeah. So then I went. This was actually the first recasting, and I don't know why, but it tickled me so much that I would want to see this person as Quint because I feel like they it would be so intense. It would just be a cinematic experience to see what they did with this role. Much like your Pam Greer. But as Quint, I cast Glenn Close. Huh. Wow. I just thought, man, go she Glenn, could, go. Yeah, she could totally do Just it. the intensity, but then also having like the, the sly humor and stuff. Mm -hmm. and like she would be like a a grizzled you know older woman so she's just bringing that Mm -hmm. into it and and i just was like man that would be hilarious it would be so pam grew's better okay so (laughs) tasty nuggets there were so many i had to finally just stop i know i didn't even i because i knew you had already looked so I was like, I just let you take it because there are yeah. too many that I was like, if I write all these down, she's gonna already have them. And and yeah, and then there were there were a lot that I didn't even write down because mostly there were too many words to, to write them <laughs> down. I just have like the awards that it won. So it won best editing at the Oscars. It won best original dramatic score, and it's also yeah. the score is also listed as like the sixth best all time score ever. I believe that's from AFI, but I didn't cite that. And it also won Best Sound. And then my last Tasty Nugget is that currently there is a musical about the show, about the movie, behind the scenes movie, and it's called Bruce. Because the the shark's name was Bruce? Yes. And so there's a a musical coming um, whenever... I hope it comes these, to Broadway. These things come. Oh my god! So yeah, oh that's god. that's in that's wow. in the works, people. Bruce. Wow. wow. Well, I have that. Richard Dreyfus and Robert Shaw hated each other. That makes sense. That tracks because <clears throat> Richard Dreyfus does seem like he could be a dick. Right. Right. And and like Richard Shaw also, but in different right. in like the non like the po- like the magnets that retract each other of dickishness. Exactly, exactly. Um Steven Spielberg didn't originally like the score. We did that. Uh Steven Spielberg named the shark Bruce after his lawyer, which is oh, funny. Yeah. Um most of the film Aaron was on a handheld camera. Yes, because this was actually the first film that was shot in an open ocean. So the but, director of photography came up with a bunch of stuff. Like, he came up with um, the encasing of it to make it waterproof. And he also came up with, I, I don't really, he came up with some sort of contraption or rig so that the it would stay 
it would be like a stabilizer on the ocean so it wouldn't the camera wouldn't move with the ocean it would stay stabilized yeah i wouldn't have been able to to watch it and handheld is usually herky-jerky to me but whatever they did it was basically came up with like a steady cam for the ocean yeah and this was around the same time when they were figuring out the steady cam so there was a lot of uh innovation that went into this film well done and it's funny because spielberg he it was he was so young and naive and this was his third film i think he was 26 and so he insisted on shooting it in the north atlantic and because of that it that's why it looked so authentic and real but it was such a pain in the neck it went over budget it went like a hundred days over schedule the crew was calling it flaws mm-hmm. because the mechanic like bruce like just all these things were going wrong with it um but because he was so like just insisted on it if, if he made this movie now he would just make it in a back lot it would be in a water tank in north hollywood and they would just like call it but he was like insistent yeah. on it and because it was just young and could go with it it actually ended up working out better because it's it's very famous how it ended the shark ended up becoming more of a hitchcock sort of it's more scary the less you see it and that was because of just all of the different mechanical failures that happened with the shark and the problems that happened with shooting out in the ocean in the elements Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but that's what made it so authentic you Mm -hmm. just said that um there were three bruces uh, and each of them cost $250,000 each. Damn. Because there was the right side, the left side, and then the full frontal. <laughs> <laughs> Fisting and full frontal after hours. After hours. <laughs> Mrs. Kentner, who we have already mm-hmm. stated, died of COVID, really slapped Roy Scheider. Um, 17 takes because she couldn't fake a slap. And one time she slapped him so hard she knocked his glasses off. Well, but also she was a theatrically trained actress, so she knew how to, according to her, to slap with a a, a nice hand but a loose wrist. Like she knew the theater way to slap. I'm not even going to touch what you just said. Um. (laughs) You said this was the summer black. What? No, you didn't. Huh? You said the summer blockbuster mm. was born. Um, the first shark that they pull up and and Richard Dreyfus wants to cut open. Mm-hmm. It was a real shark that was caught in Florida. They shipped it to California. And by the time they were filming that scene, it was decomposing. It smelled horribly yeah so that was pretty gross the name of the boat uh robert shaw's boat was orca and it's the only known predator of great whites Mm -hmm. the killer whale i didn't know that um steven spielberg who was born at jewish hospital where i was born um i think was he said he learned from this that there should be one major scare moment per movie because he had two in this one well yeah i don't know he had about eight for me well, yeah the, I know. the jump scare because the yeah. 
he put in the like a jump scare the a the best example in this film is when Richard Dreyfus is in the sinking boat and the body comes in. That's a jump scare. And usually in right. horror movies, there's about one or two because you can't get away with more than them. Be- and it's good because you do the, the jump scare and then everybody's on. It gets you, but then you're on edge for the next for the one. The yeah. And and so they it doesn't have the same impact because you're waiting for it. But you're also it's that tension of mm-hmm. what I'm waiting for it. So it's it's more of like the underground, like the dun, dun, dun. <gasps> is it gonna come? Yes, here it is. Oh no, it's not. Psych. The first girl who um, died skinny dipping, Susan, um, something. Um, she was pretty much waterboarded post production to get the sound of her gurgling and oh. I mean they were yeah they poured water over her head yeah well she was a stunt woman well I guess she could take it then I mean yeah but as someone who has waterboarded themselves for entertainment purposes it's it's still not fun okay um before Jaws Martha's Vineyards tourists were about 50 5,000 a summer. After Jaws, it jumped to 15,000 per summer. Wow. Yeah. All those people wanting to go in the the shark-infested water. All these dummies. (laughs) Okay, then we have myth busters. So things that happen in here that couldn't really happen. Oh, yes. Like piano wire isn't strong enough to catch sharks. I guess that's what he had on his real piano mm. wire. Oh. Um, scuba tanks won't explode when shot. Oh. I didn't want to know that because I was really happy with that conclusion. Yeah. Well, also, though, we kind of proved it that it wasn't the scuba tank. It was Quint's gin-soaked body. Yeah, that's, oh, that's true. true. A great white can destroy a dive cage, as it did. Yes. Punching a shark in the nose, gills, or eyes can cause it to back off mm-hmm. for it, a moment. When you watch all of the shark things, you, that's where all of their sensors are. Able to do that. Uh, no, who has the presence if of mind? If a shark is go, coming to me, I'm not punching it in its eye. I'm gonna say, take like I'm gonna flail and scream and forget everything that I've been taught. I, exactly. I doubt that, teeny. I, I don't believe think so. that you're Look gonna at start. Me when a wave come. Watch me. That's in the a Washington wave. Team. You're gonna turn into CrossFit teeny and just start fisticuffing everything. You're gonna, yeah, I know what you're gonna call that shark. The same thing I called that black snake. I know. Are you, are you, I feel like you guys are kind of putting it out there that I'm going to be attacked by a shark and I'm not appreciating. No, 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 no. <laughs> not at all. I'm just saying, like, I'm giving you more credit than you're giving yourself. Yes. I yes. just think that you're going to, yeah, like, go know. into blackout, like, teeny rage mode. Teeny rage. So. Yeah, so. you're going to end up clean and jerking that shark out of the water. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that shark ain't got a prayer. Okay, there were several more uh, trivia things, but I just had to stop there. Okay. So that is our week of Jaws. It was so, it's such a fun beach movie. It is. It was. And, and I was really glad we saw it after we'd been to the beach. Well, okay. So when we were at the beach, it was on, I think, National Geographic. It was their Shark Week knockoff Shark Fest. Yes. And yes. every night, 
I would put it on. I was like, well, put on Shark. Put on Shark Fest. And it would be on for five minutes and I would fall asleep. Yeah. And I, then I would wake up in the morning and be like, what did they say? I missed it. Yeah. But I and loved Poppy, it. Poppy oh. fell asleep like two minutes after you did. And I was already in bed. So. Yeah. But but it did, it, you know, I remember uh, those evenings when it gets to be around five o'clock. As a kid, I would go in the ocean and, and you know, not so much now. I'm like, ooh, yeah. this is a feeding time. Yeah, when we were in Aruba, we were, uh, we had little like snorkeling things that we could go at. Let's like at our place we stayed just to go out by ourselves. So you could go like swim out there by yourself and, you know, we could stand in the water. It wasn't, mm -hmm. I no way in hell you catch me on one of those deep sea diving boat things. But uh, Adam was the one that was like, nope, it's getting murky. We got to, we got to, we got to stop. It's getting murky. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that makes me happy. If you're nervous, I'm terrified. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but, but also a woman was just killed by a great white shark in Maine. Mm-hmm. Teeny sent that to me when I was and at the then, beach. I think it, it last week while we were at the beach. Yeah. And then two predatory great whites were spotted patrolling Cape Cod, uh, Cape Cod Beach this past weekend. Oh my God. And then on our beach in Surf City, Long Beach Island, they had to close the beach the week before we were there for a day because sharks were eating a dolphin that was bleeding out what a dolphin i always like, was there under was the assumption that... what there was a i mean the dolphin was already dead but they had to close the beach because they were eating it so like in the swimming waters oh my god we were swimming i was because there's dolphins or porpoise um the be at Bethany Beach, we see them every day, and I was always under the assumption that they kept the sharks away. But I guess if one like dies or something, then yeah, because like dolphins are super smart, and sharks don't want no none of that dolphin heat. No, but if they die, they gotta they're gonna eat them. Yeah. Hmm. Damn. I gotta... And I would assume they would be. This is I'm making this up. Ooh. This is what I'm a teeny fact. Teeny fact. I like teeny facts. If a dolphin dies, because mm -hmm. dolphins mourn for each other and they stay around their dead. So sharks, if sharks are smart, which presumably they are, Bruce was very smart, they would go want to go after a dead dolphin because you know there's live dolphins hanging around. The mourning party, yeah. Mm, I would think though the, the it's like a fact. Okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Oh, man. Or maybe the dolphins would be spicy and try to keep them away, but... So, know. that makes me wonder, then, did... Was this dolphin murdered by the other dolphins? And that's why there was no, no mourning party? And the sharks no. could eat the dolphin? Or maybe... Well, no, maybe the dolphin died, and they were like, oh, fuck, the sharks are coming, we gotta go. I like it better to think, like, yes, Terry's finally dead. Let's get out of here, Feed him guys. to the sharks. Yeah. Terry led this. Terry was leading us, and Terry was an idiot. And Terry didn't look out for our best interest. And I now Terry was dead. a pedophile. <laughs> yeah, what if Terry was a pedophile dolphin? And he got... Then he got he, what he deserved. He got the what he deserved. Like, We're going to eat him in front of all the kids. Exactly. <laughs> mm, yeah. 
I like this. I like this. This is a this is a teeny fact. Gone with the bushes after hours exclusive. That shark off the coast of LBI was a pedophile shark. Dolphin. Got, pedophile dolphin and got what it deserved. And that's why there was Taken no boarding the party. Sharks. That's right. I like it. Well, next week, oh. we're going to go in a totally different direction. Can I guess? Will there be clues? I was going to go with another summer uh, where you go for vacation type movie. Mm-hmm. But then I read this name and I thought, I don't, I don't know that we've done a movie with this person. A name? This, this movie is from 1930. 1930. Oh, the actress in this movie won an Academy Award for it was the first Jewish actress Jewish to win an Academy actress. Award, although it was only the third Academy Awards. In the 30s? Mm-hmm. And Jewish? And the She name. had been in a silent film, and she was able to... All um, Quiet on the Western Front. No, that was a good... Oh, oh, wow. I see you Googling. I see you Googling. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, uh, not Garbo. No, nope. if I give Garbo. you the actress, Claudette maybe? Colbert, it's not Claudette because we've actress, done Claudette. Norma Shear. Norma Shear, how did you pull that <laughs> off? That was gonna. That's the third option on Google. That would have been Norma Shear because I was thinking of like famous old names that I really can't put anything to, but that I've always heard. And Norma Shear really she, came out my she, butt. <laughs> I was thinking she was Thelma Ritter, but she wasn't. She's Norma Shearer, and we haven't done anything with her yet, right? Yeah, wasn't she? She was married. Wasn't she married to like somebody, uh, big high muckety muck, like ran yeah. the studio? Thalberg Maybe. was she married to Irving Thalberg? Yeah, it's all something. Yeah, he he was big in the studio. He ran a studio, and he died. He and I think he was like instrumental in uh. Young Judy Garland, and oh. I know that the Th- the Irving Thalberg Award is is like, like that's a big award. But he died like from a heart attack pretty young. Hmm. I want to say thirty eight, but that could have been Verna Fields' husband, Norma Shear. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you, since everybody's googling it, I'm just gonna tell you what it is. The divorcee. <gasps> the divorcee. What are you saying? <laughs> What are, Divorcee. Are you applying anything? No, Uh-oh. but I'm saying when when I was in high school in the l- late '60s, I had a friend whose whose parents were divorced, and that was like really that wasn't real common in the '60s. And this is the '30s, and she's the divorcee. She is. She, I. Oh, she won an Oscar for it, so I'm. I'm guessing that. All right, nineteen thirty. Yep. All right. The. Did you look to see if we can watch it? I did. I. It is on iTunes Movies, which takes you to Apple Movies. iTunes now takes you to Apple Movies. I think it's also on Prime Video, Amazon. Uh, we just have to pay two ninety nine to watch it. The Divorcee, nineteen thirty. All right. 
Mm. And there we go. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Gone with the Bushes. We are back from our vacays. Our our vacays. Yeah, vacays as they were. And um, so it's good to be back. Good to see everybody. Well, there you go. Yeah. Bye. 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 Mess that up.